This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We continue our series, The Next Million. The series has been looking at Metro Vancouver through the lens of another million people living here. Our population is presently 2.8 million people and is expected to hit 3.8 million by 2050. Today, we're going to look at the issue of water in our region. Note that drought this summer, Metro Vancouver reservoirs, which supply the region's tap water, were at their lowest level for September uh, in a decade. Melting snow is usually uh, usually replenishes the region's reservoirs through the summer, but warm weather in May and June caused the mountain snowpack to melt early and quickly, reducing the amount trickling in over uh, the drier months. For the first time since 2015, watering restrictions in Metro Vancouver were raised beyond stage one to stage two in early August after water use in June and early July climbed about 20% higher than the same period in 2022. It it, uh, led to a complete ban on lawn watering. Now, the Metro Vancouver region alone uses 390 billion litres of water every year and is estimated to reach 600 billion litres per year uh, in nearly a century. Now, this causes a, a growing concern of a water crisis in the upcoming years as the population grows rapidly. But with re- decreasing water supply from three reservoirs, Coquitlam, Seymour and Capilano, due to high demand and climate change. Now joining me now to discuss the issue is Malcolm Brody, the Mayor of Richmond and Chair of the Metro Vancouver Water Committee. Malcolm, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Jess. Nice to be with you. Lots to talk about here with our series, The Next Million. And, and uh, we, we talk a lot about... Uh, commuting and policing and food security, uh, but the most basic of things in life is water. Can you give me a snapshot of, of where we are today uh, and what kind of needs we can expect by the time we hit 2050? Well, the bottom line is we're in good shape today and uh, we will be in good shape in the future as well uh, for the simple reason that we're not sitting on our hands uh, Metro Vancouver, the, the water district, is uh, looking at the situation very carefully. They have various long-term studies and strategies. And with climate change and with growth being the two biggest factors, we're going to need more water in the next uh, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years than we have now. And the plans are afoot as to how to get that extra water. So how do we do that? Now, right now, we rely on three reservoirs, Coquitlam, Seymour, and Capilano. Uh, How do we add more water to the region? Well, the biggest way we add it, you take a look at the Coquitlam Lake. Okay, that's, of the reservoirs, that's the biggest single uh, source of our drinking water. And that provides... uh, over one-third of the total water supply uh, for the region. Now, in that lake, they uh, have started work to add a new water intake, a water supply tunnel, and water treatment facilities for that lake. Uh, What they are doing, the main strategy is to go down deeper into the lake so that they can take out more water on a daily basis from Coquitlam Lake. Uh, 
that is the biggest single source uh, of a water supply uh, going into the future. Hmm. And it, will, will there, has there been any talk about uh, other reservoirs, other uh, south of the, the Fraser at all in regards to dealing with gro- this growing demand? Well, the, the source of all the water, as you pointed out, are the three lakes, the three reservoirs uh, that we have over on the North Shore. So everything is connected by pipes uh, to, to the North Shore. So, uh, you know, if you're in Delta, your water comes uh, down the mountain, it goes across, it goes across Richmond, it goes out to Delta, that sort of thing. So it's not so much a matter of having more water facilities south of the Fraser in, as such. You just need the infrastructure to get it south of the Fraser. And, uh, you know, that's been care- very carefully done. It's it's uh, monitored all the time, and it's being expanded. There's more uh, water mains. There's more infrastructure that's being developed, uh, but but it's all the underground infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what impact is climate change having, and what kind of challenges is climate change change uh, uh, posing for the for the for our water supply here in in Metro Vancouver? <clears throat> well, that's. That's a very central question, Jazz. Uh, just think back to this last summer. We had a drought, uh, drought conditions for two or three months. We had, at the beginning of the season, we went straight to stage one water restrictions, whereas in the past stage one meant you could water your lawn twice a week. Uh, we went straight to the once per week. Uh, lawn watering is the single source of uh, of the use of the biggest source of the use of drink, uh, drinking uh, water uh, that is that we use, and it's the discretionary source. So we said, okay, you can only water your lawn once per week, uh, and c- c- finally, around August. When the usage had been higher than normal by the population and we still had the dry conditions, we went to the stage two, which meant you could not water your lawn at all. So you ask about climate change. There's a very direct result of the changing weather conditions and the the heat, and uh, it affects your supply of water. As a result of the steps we took, we stayed within very conservatively safe uh, water limits the whole year, but it did take some management and some forethought and planning. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We are speaking to Malcolm Brody, the mayor of Richmond, and also, of course, uh, uh, chair of the Metro Vancouver Water Committee. Uh, You're listening to The Next Million. Now, Malcolm, you talked about uh, conservation. Um, is this just going to be the new normal then moving forward, though, every summer 
uh, you know, in, in the past uh, 20 years ago, we'd be, you know, quite happy watering our lawns, making sure our lawn stayed green, that moving forward, these conservation measures are permanent. It's okay to have a brown lawn. Uh, it'll come back in September or October. And this is part of sort of that broader strategy of making sure we preserve our water. And this is going to remain and in, in, is permanent moving forward? I think this is the, the new normal. I think that we will just have to get used to the fact that our lawns are going to go brown in the summer. Uh, as you reflect, there's no problem with that. The, it doesn't kill the grass. It just it just uh, dries it up. And come September, October, when we get back to the rainier, cooler temperatures, uh, then your lawn turns green again, and on we go. Um. One of the issues is, uh, you know, conservation, some have argued, it doesn't work. Uh, it isn't that effective in the sense that your neighbors can cheat. Uh, people are fined sporadically. The fines at times are not significant enough to discourage people from uh, uh, not uh, uh, watering their lawns. Um, can you speak to me of where you think we will be in 2050? I mean, do you envision a, a city, a region that everybody will have a water meter and you will be you will be charged based on uh, what you consume, not just any time, but you consume, let's say, in the summer months or the peak periods? Well, in terms of the the uh, experience that we have had. I agree that there's been all those things that you have just mentioned, people not following the rules, people deciding that they have their own rules, uh, and, uh, and the like. Uh, I like to think that most people do uh, follow the rules, and when, you know, when Metro Vancouver Water District says you can only water your lawn uh, once a week or not at all, I think most people follow it, though it's not universal. Now, in terms of the conservation, this is a particular uh, pet peeve of mine as to why all the cities have not uh, put the use of water on water meter. Uh, we did a study. We, we started in my city of Richmond. We started the, the water meter program around 20 years ago. And the experience for the first 15 to 20 years was that we grew in population by 25%, and our water usage was reduced by about 15%. So when you think of, think of that difference and how much less water we have used, uh, that is very, very significant. I think the single most important factor in that uh, is the fact that we have in our city, for all our single-family uh, dwellings, we have water meters. Uh, uh, our the corporate side and the uh, multifamily has kind of lagged behind that, but they're also coming on strong as well. And we have incentives for them to get into the program. So I think that water meters are one of the main tools that we can use going forward. And I have to admit, I don't understand the arguments against it. Uh, so is this just being mayors and councils being laggards and purposely laggards in this case? I don't ascribe any you know, negative motivations or anything like that. Uh, everybody's doing the best with the resources that they have. Um, 
and to put in the meters, uh, you know, we spend many millions of dollars on it. I think that we got a good return for the residents and the businesses in Richmond uh, for that. Uh, there are various arguments that you can make against water metering, saying it's not proven and various other things. I don't buy it for a minute. And I think that it's the duty of every elected person uh, at the local government level right across the region to make sure that their city has uh, uh, full use of water meters. But it's not universally held, that view. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, going back to your original comments about moving water from the Coquitlam and the Seymour and Capilano and through you know pipes coming into your home, how difficult it, is it just in regards to doing that as developments continue, uh, the cost of that, is, is that a, a pretty constant, uh, is it a, a constant charge or is it, is it one that continues to grow? Because it's one of the many things you obviously have to be paying for as, as, uh, as development continues south of the Fraser. Uh, give me a sense of just some of the upkeep and the, and, the, and the challenges you have there in regards to just moving water around the region. It's a matter of maintenance. Uh, maintenance of your existing system. It's a matter of growing the system as you need to grow it. Uh, I know that we're not here to talk about the latest housing legislation, but it is one of the challenges that that uh, all the single-family neighborhoods are are supposedly going to be uh, occupied by four and six plexes, and the water system, amongst others, were were never meant for that kind of of usage. Um, it's very, very expensive. The water, the water infrastructure is very large, very basic, and very, very expensive. And a lot of the increases to your water bills or your uh, the, the bills that come from Metro Vancouver are solely because of the, the need for maintenance and growth of the water system. Just just touching on your one comment you made, just in regards with the housing legislation, and we won't we'll, we'll talk about it another day. But I just want to clarify a little bit. So the the, the ability to build three to six uh, units on a single family lot uh, is there going to be extra pressure now, or is it, I'm just curious as to what this will mean for the water system specifically. Well, I think that all your underground systems are going to have to be much much larger to to accommodate. Uh, the growth, whereas you have a, a row of 10 houses, single-family houses, now you're going to have, instead of, you know, say, two and a half occupants on on average, each of those 10, you're going to have 40 units. And, uh, you know, you're going to have that everywhere. So uh, it's a matter of your infrastructure has to meet the demand, and you have certain growth plans and the infrastructure has to be adequate for that growth. And I have my doubts that, uh, you know, I have reservations that there's going to be a lot of places that are going to be able to accommodate the kind of growth that is envisioned by uh, the government of the day. Well, we've uh, had a quite a few bit of quite a few conversations around housing. Well, I'm sure we'll have more, uh, but uh, we've run out of time. Malcolm, as always, thank you so much. Anytime, Jazz, a real pleasure.